to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, are you ready this morning? All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. I'd like to talk to you about the touch of God a little bit this morning since we've been being touched by God and uh, the anointing has been flowing in here. People have been getting blessed and touched and all those good things that the Spirit of God does. How many know, I hope and I pray that the Spirit of God is becoming more real to you in your daily life rather than just a word or a spirit floating around out there someplace. He's on the inside of you and he loves you very, very much. And the more you learn to cooperate with him, the better off you're going to be in life because he knows what he's doing, praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes you may argue with him and tell him he don't, but you're going to lose. He does. Glory to God. So, All right, Ephesians chapter 2, are you there? Look at verse 22. Oh, I want to mention Wednesday nights too. We're still teaching on not flesh and blood. We had our first week last week, so you're more than welcome to come at 730 on Wednesday nights. If not, I believe it's up on mytcvc.com. You can pull it off there. Glory to God. Is it? Good. Good. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 22. It says, In whom you also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, this is speaking to you. It's telling you that you are a habitation of God. How are you a habitation of God? Through who? Through the Spirit of God. We talked last week about God's presence. Not only do you want to be in God's presence, but God wants to be in your presence, praise God. That's the whole reason why he came, suffered and died, to restore man back to his presence, back into his power and everything else. So God's desire here is to possess his people to live in mankind. And the Spirit of God dwells where this morning? In you this morning. Now notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say you are a visitation. It says you are a habitation. How many know there's a difference? A visitation, you know, sometimes we wait till the goosebumps come and then we say, Woohoo, the Holy Ghost is here, praise God. But the Holy Ghost is always there. He's always on the inside of you. Now he may visit you from the inside out, but he doesn't have to give you a goosebump to be there. Are you following me? I mean, we're people that might walk by faith and not by sight and not by feeling. So if the Bible says he's in there, then he's on the inside of me and he's been in there. So he moved in on the inside of you the day you got born again. How many believe he brought his knowledge with him? His wisdom, his power, his glory, his ability, all those things are on the inside of us, and we are a habitation. Say, I am a habitation, the house of God through the Holy Ghost. All right, go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Right, Ephesians 1, look at verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and division, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all. Now, how many of you believe that when these prayers are in the Bible, they're Holy Ghost prayers? 
because everything written in here was by the Holy Ghost, right? So anything we pray or anything we desire, we can line up with a prayer that's already in here and understand that's God's desire for our life. Are you following me? If you're praying something different than what this prayer says, then you're messed up because the Holy Ghost and Paul knew the prayer already. Are you following me? Now notice what he did here. He did not pray and ask the Holy Ghost to come to people. He did not pray and ask you to go get the Holy Ghost. He asked you to get a revelation of the Holy Ghost that was already on the inside of you. That's what he was praying. So what do I pray for this church? That prayer. I pray that you get a revelation, praise God, of the Spirit of God and the power of God that's on the inside of you. And what was that power? Well, it's exceeding great power. Say exceeding great power. And notice it's to those that believe. Say believe. believe. So if I have this exceeding great power on the inside of me, if I'm a habitation of God through the Spirit, and I don't believe it, how many know you're going to get absolutely no effect from it whatsoever? Because it's faith activates the things of the spiritual realm. But if I believe there's a habitation of me, the Spirit of God's on the inside of me. Now I believe He's not only in me, but He's great. The greatness of His power. And I know it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. How many know that? Now, is it the same power or some of the power? It's the same power, isn't it? So it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is already on the inside of us. It's exceedingly great power, and you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Why is that? Because I am a habitation of God through who? The through the Spirit of God. Praise God. Say, I am, I am. a habitation, habitation of God, of God. Through, the Holy Ghost. through the Holy Ghost. I have in me have God's God. wisdom, God's ability, God's, God's power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives on the inside of me. Okay, go to Romans chapter 8. These are tough sermons because we have to break the crust off your brain. It's been put there over the last 20 years to get this stuff in. You've been told God's got all the power. I ain't got any power. Don't claim to have any power because then you're not humble. All this stuff. And now we've got to just take the word of God as a sword and as a hammer and beat that stuff out of your mind so it can get on the inside of you that you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead on the inside of you. If that power will raise Jesus from the dead, it'll certainly bring a deer. Just a thought. Hallelujah. All right, Roman, Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 11, it says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Well, does he? Yes. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive your mortal body by his spirit that dwells where? So here it says, The spirit of him, who's it talking about? The spirit of God that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells, inhabits in you. The spirit of power will quicken, it will make alive, or it will affect your mortal body. Say mortal body. How many of you are in a mortal body today? You are, aren't you? So the Spirit of God in you will affect natural things in you and around you. It will even affect your mortal body. If we come to a place where we're praying in the Holy Ghost and staying in tune with God and staying revived on the inside of you, I believe there wouldn't be hardly any sickness or any disease in the entire church because the Spirit of God's bigger than whatever disease the doctor had. Come on now. Well, I've got a pain in my elbow. Well, he raised Christ from the dead. Do you think he can handle that or not? Praise God. Come on now. But we've got to understand that, that our focus has to be on who's in us and the power he has, not what's going on out here with the pain and what the doctor labels us to have. And now you know whatever you get from the doctor, you're going to have for the rest of your life. 
That's just the way it is, brother. Well, that's not the way it is. Hallelujah. Because he can affect your mortal body and affect the people around you. So how many have ever felt the heat of God on you? How many have ever felt the fire of God in your bones? How many have ever had a goosebump in the presence of God? Well, what happened? You were being affected by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And all at once, these little goosebumps started coming up. And you could feel the presence of God. And we thought he was out here someplace. But he was in there the whole time, praise God. And because you put a little faith in it through the goosebump, Come on, now we don't have to put our faith in the goosebump, do we? We could put our faith in the Word and then cause a goosebump. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God's on the inside of you. He dwells in you. He's the same one that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. All right, go to John chapter 7. All right, John chapter 7, look at verse 37. In the last day of that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, you've got to take this Scripture as is. First of all, do you thirst? Do you thirst for the power of God? Do you thirst and hunger for the things of God? Do you thirst to be in God's will? Do you thirst to fulfill God's purpose? Or do you just thirst to come to church and fulfill your obligations so when the time comes you can say, I went to church? See, it depends where your thirst is and what you thirst after spiritually you end up with before it's over with. So first of all, do you thirst? Do you thirst for these things? Do you pursue and do you believe them? Now notice what he says. It's not out of heaven shall flow. It's not out of the local revival shall flow. It's out of your belly shall flow a pond, a dribble, a drip. No, a river. Say a river. Say there's a river of living water on the inside of me. What will this flow do? It will affect natural things out of the inside of you. We talked Wednesday night about the spirit realm being the main realm, not the natural realm. The spirit realm has dominion over the natural realm. So what's inside of you and the power in you has dominion over things in the natural realm on the inside of you. And what will it do? It'll quicken things. It'll make things come alive. It'll make people's bodies come alive. It'll make your finances come alive. It'll make your feelings come alive. It'll make your emotions come alive. And that spirit's on the inside of you this very day. He's in there and he will quicken your mortal body. Praise God. Well, what's he talking about here? Look at verse 39. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him have you should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, Jesus has been glorified, hasn't he? And the Spirit has been sent, hasn't he? So the Spirit of God is now on the inside of you, and on the inside of you is the power of God and a river of God, or the touch of God. Say the touch of God. Say there is a river of power that will flow out of me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, did Jesus, when he was here, how did he do everything he did, the Bible says? He did it by the Spirit of God who was on the inside of him. Well, you're here on the earth now in place of him, and you have the same Spirit that he had and still has, and basically on the inside of you, you're here in the earth to do the same things that Jesus did when he was here with the river. Say that again. The river on the inside of you, the power on the inside of you, the Spirit on the inside of you, was given for you to do the same things that Jesus did. 
Jesus did them as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit of God. He didn't do them as God. Are you following me? He was man and God, but his, his power didn't come. It came until basically he became here on the earth, and the power was a man anointed by the Spirit of God. And the proof of that was for 30 years, he really didn't do anything if you read your Bible. He didn't open one blind eye. He didn't cast out one devil. He didn't heal one person. What did he do? But at 30, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in the River Jordan, all at once it was, look out, devil. It's a bad day for you, praise God. Well, what did it do? The Spirit of God got on the inside. The revival was there now. The power of God was there. And he started going around destroying the works of the devil by the Spirit of God he had on the inside of you. Once again, do you have the same Spirit that Jesus had when he was here on the earth? Yes, you do. Then will the Spirit do the same things that he did through Jesus when he was on the earth? Yes, he will. Does God expect for giving us the power that we do the same things that Jesus did on the earth? Yes, that's what he's expecting. He's not expecting us just to come and say a couple prayers and jump up and down. There's power on the inside of you that can be released on the inside of you, and that power basically is the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. Now, I'm going to go through and look at some things that Jesus did, but I'm going to just come right out and give you the, the, the finish from the end. How, how can we do that? The spirit of God of the river on the inside of you basically is released through the word of God in your mouth. In other words, you've got a loaded gun. It's the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. But you've got a trigger, and that's your tongue. In other words, what you speak, the spirit of God goes to work and back up. Are you following me? If you speak, I'm really sick today, how many know he's not going to back that up? He only backs up the word that's in your mouth, basically, that lines up with the word of God. So when you speak the word of God, it doesn't have to be a four-hour prayer. It doesn't have to be, you know call in everybody in the world from St. Jude to St. James to everybody else. You don't have to do that. You just got to release it with a command that releases through your authority the Spirit of God on the inside of you and the power flows. People come up here, I say, be filled, I be anointed, be blessed, be I'm not going, oh, God, 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 God. Please bless them. I don't have to do that because I've got a river on the inside of me. It's sitting there waiting to be used. And when I speak the word to somebody, that's why it's different. Somebody will say, I'll be filled. And the other one will say, be healed. Why? Because apparently they were sick. I didn't know they were sick. I was just doing what the Holy Ghost told me to do. He said, be healed because he knew they were sick. And I didn't know they were sick. The other person I may say, be filled because they need to be filled. Are you following me? Yeah. And whatever you release, then the river on the inside of you will flow out and it will touch other people in their lives. Praise God. So we want to operate basically in the river of God and also the touch of God, just like Jesus did. How many of you want to do that? Yes. Praise God, four of you. That's good. All right, go to Mark chapter 1. All right, Mark chapter 1, look at verse, let's start in verse 40. It says, And there came a leper to Jesus, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion or love, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Now here we see Jesus. We know he had a river on the inside of him. We know he was full of the Holy Ghost. Here he comes. A leper comes, praise God. And the leper comes and says, If you want to, you can heal me. Now apparently this leper heard something, didn't he? Because he knew Jesus could if Jesus wanted to. Or else he said, can you? But he already knew that much. So look what Jesus did. Jesus basically touched him. Say, touched him. Now, how many know you're not supposed to touch lepers? See, if you've got a dribble instead of a river, you'll never touch a leper. 
See, if you think you've got a dribble, you ain't going to touch a leper because you don't think it's enough to keep leprosy off of you. But if you've got a river on the inside of you, you're not afraid of it because you know it's just going to wash it away anyway. We've got too many Christians that have dribbles. So they try to operate in dribble, dribble ministry. Come on, I'm just being honest this morning. You're all looking at me like, what do you say? That's what I said, praise God. That's what came out. Yeah, that's the truth, praise God. But notice he wasn't afraid. He touched, touched him, said touched him. And watch what he said. Be thou clean. What was that? The trigger went in. And what happened? Well, just look at the next verse. Verse 42, as soon as he had spoken, pulled the trigger, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was what? Cleansed. Now, how many of you know he was operating in the river here? He knew what he was doing. He knew how to make it operate in our lives. So what I want to do is watch Jesus, how he does things, because I think he knew what he was doing. I don't want to listen to Pastor Jojo, Pastor Susie Q, Pastor that said that you got no flow and it's never going to work and you got no authority. I'm not going to sit under people who aren't successful. I'm going to sit under people who are successful. Are you following me? If you want, if you want marriage counseling, don't go to somebody who's been divorced 35 times. It's not going to help you. I mean, what do they got to tell you? Are you following me? You've got to go to somebody successful, and the most successful person I know just happens to be Jesus Christ. So I thought it would be a good idea just to go to him, praise God. All right, go to Mark chapter 7. I'm thinking yes right now. All right, Mark chapter 7, look at verse 32. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseeched him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, he put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. Now here we see another thing. Here's someone who was deaf and also had trouble speaking. So, and they came and said, would you put your hands on him? Now, once again, they must have heard something, didn't they? They must have heard that he's putting his hands on people and something's happening. So I'm bringing to you my deaf friend, my speech impediment friend, because I know if you put your hands on that person, something's going to happen. So notice, Jesus took his finger and put it in the man's toes. No, he didn't, did he? Put it on his shoulder. No, uh, put it on his chest. No, he put it where? In his ears. Why? Because he was targeting with the power of God the problem. So he stuck the finger power flow into the man's ears and said, be opened. Can you guess what happened? It opened. See? And notice he spit and touched his tongue. Hallelujah. He didn't spit and touch his shoulder. He didn't spit and shake his hands. Why is that? Because he knew there was a life flow going on of him. How, how many of you have ever known somebody who gets radiation treatments? If you have brain cancer, they don't shoot your knee with radiation. They shoot where the problem is. Well, this is sort of like radiation, only a lot more powerful and don't kill any cells on the way in, praise God. Praise it might help some on the way in there that you didn't even know were down, glory to God. So he's aiming his power at something, and notice his long prayer, be opened. That was it. What the power of God went in and what happened? It basically changed these, this person and healed them, glory to God. So Jesus released the touch of God, the power of God. He put his fingers in his ears. He spit and touched his tongue and said, be opened. And what happened? It was opened. Are you following me? All right, go to Mark chapter 8.
All right, look at verse 22. And Jesus came to Bethesda, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. He then looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that he put his hands again upon his eyes, and made him look up. And he was restored, and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to anyone in the town. Once again, Jesus came to somebody. What was the matter with him? What was the matter with him? He was blind, wasn't he? So he comes to Jesus, he's blind. Jesus spit on his eyes and put his hands on him. Now, do you think maybe Jesus spit for a purpose? Do you think he was just chewing tobacco and had just gotten a story that it was time for him to just let one fly? See, we read this stuff we don't understand. Jesus didn't do nothing just to do something. Are you following me? He spit. So apparently there was a spirit of God in him that got out of his spirit and into his spit. My God, it gets quiet. And into his hands. Why else put your hands on somebody? Why else put the spit on them? Now, this is the second time he spit and worked both times. So he started the first congregation of the spitters, <laughs> built a church there, and everybody learned how to spit on people. No, he didn't do that, did he? That's what the church wants to do. I mean, they throw a branch and hit somebody with a palm tree, and they want to start the first palm tree ministry, praise God. It doesn't work that way. The Holy Ghost leads you and guides you how to minister to different people. Now, how many of you know he didn't spit on everybody? How many are glad? How many back then do you think were glad? No, he didn't spit on anybody. He was led by the Spirit of God to do certain things at a certain time. You see people who operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. If you read their book, there's things in there you will never do. I mean, never do. These people were nuts. But they heard the Spirit of God. They knew how to release the anointing of God, knew how to get things going. I mean, the first time I was reading a book by Smith Wigglesworth, how many of you heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Man, that guy was crazy. They bring a baby to him with no arms and no legs, born that way, and they handed him the baby. He took the baby and threw it off the stage. Hit the ground. As soon as it did, legs and arms came and started running around the building. How I many you know, you better hear the Holy Ghost. You better have heard loud and clear, because that baby just goes bounce, 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 bounce. See, what did he, he heard the Holy Ghost, praise God. He heard what do? Sometimes you lay hands on people. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you, you just follow the Spirit of God and what he tells you to do. But what point I'm trying to make is there was anointing in him that got into his hands and got into his spit, praise God. And the first time he laid hands on him he, and spit on him, he said, can you see? He said, I see men as trees. Now notice what he didn't say. Well, I guess God just don't want to heal you today. My father's working on it, and maybe tomorrow or the next day he's going to heal you. No, he gave him a second dose of the Holy Ghost. What did he do that for? Because he knew what the anointing would do and the power would do, and he knew God's will in that situation. He wanted to make sure that river flew into that man. Now, how many know it's important that people that you're laying hands on desire and understand the anointing that's coming and have some faith in the power of God? How many know that helps? All right, praise God. Go to Luke chapter 6. All right, Luke chapter 6, look at verse 17. And Jesus came down with them and stood in the plain 
and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Now notice, here's people here. There's going to come a day when people aren't going to have to be invited to church. They're going to come to church because they need the church. In other words, they're going to realize that uh, people are going to Treasure Coast Victory Center with various diseases, and they're leaving without their various diseases. And the word of mouth is going to start spreading, and there's going to be church people who get together who do this. It basically is going to be like a hospital or a healing center, praise God. There will not be a vaccination required to get in. See, part of this stuff going on right now is our fault. Did I say that? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's our fault. If we'd be doing what we're supposed to be doing, then we wouldn't need all this stuff out here. They would come to the church for healing. They would seek out the church for the touch of God. They would come there. Notice they were chasing Jesus down now. They were trying to find him everywhere. What for? Just to touch him. Let me touch you. Let me touch you. I mean, it takes faith to run up to somebody and grab them. And what we're doing, everybody that did it, notice they got healed. And what happened when they touched him with faith? Virtue. Say virtue. I mean, no, that's power. The power of God flowed from heaven. No, it flowed out of him into the situation. Well, each and every one of you here has virtue in you. There's power in you. There's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead in you. But most of us don't even believe it'll heal our mortal body, much less somebody else's. Get a lot of quiet stuff in here. Did you notice that this morning? Yeah, it's true. You already said you got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He's in you. He will quicken, make alive, strengthen, heal your mortal body. <laughs> How you doing? Sick as a dog. Come on, I'm telling you the truth this morning. I'm just down and out and sick. Well, what about you? what you just confessed and sang about in church? That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, dwells in me. And then we go out and forget all about the song that we just sang. Those songs are to build into you the Word of God so that it gets in there on the inside. Yeah, when something hits your body, I look in here. I don't look out here. I don't look for opinions. I don't look for advice. I look in here because I know there's something in here that if I connect it to it, you can forget about whatever's attacking my body because it's got to go in the name of Jesus because that spirit on the inside of me is much bigger than anything in the natural realm. And the spirit of God wants everybody healed. He wants everybody delivered. He wants everybody's track record to be good because it falls on his reputation. Well, the Holy Ghost just heals some, doesn't heal others. That's not going to help his reputation. No, he heals everybody. He already sent his word and healed you and delivered you from all your destruction, praise God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all those within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget all those benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my... De- See, we got scriptures all over the place telling us this stuff to try to stir up the spirit on the inside of us. And most of us don't think we got any power at all. And we got a little dribble in there. And sometimes I'll get a goose bump. And that, no, there's power on the inside of you. You got to come to understand this real power on the inside of you. And it's the spirit of living God. And he wants to connect with you. And he wants to affect not only your body, but everybody else's body around you, the atmosphere around you, the things around you, everything around you. But he has trouble getting out because of the way that we think, praise God. So notice, people can draw. And if some of you have ever ran into needy people, you know when people are drawing virtue out of you. You know it. You just, you can sense it. Everything starts flowing and it comes up real. And whatever you got to say just comes out your mouth. And you're, it's just flowing like a river. And everything, they're, you can tell they're receiving and they're getting bashed and like waves. It's coming. And you can tell when somebody's not. But if they're not, we want to show how spiritual we are. 
And we want to force that virtue down their throat. And it won't go down their throat because it takes more than just a happenstance to take place. It takes faith on the other end also to receive what you have. And then when it don't work, the devil comes along and tells you, you I told you that stupid pastor told you you had power and you didn't because it didn't work. No, it didn't work because it can't go into a brick wall. Come on now. I mean, the devil will get you. At first, he'll tell you you ain't got any power. Then you start using it. He'll give you a hundred reasons how you're screwing it up. That's what he does. But the only way you really learn how to do this stuff, I found, is by doing it. I can read Jesus. I can read the Bible. I can listen to Pastor Miracle Man. I can listen to Mr. Healing or whatever. But when you start to do it, that's when the Spirit of God gets involved with you and shows you exactly how he worked with you. How many know we're all different? Yes. I'm here glad. Praise God, yeah. So we're all different. So the Spirit of God wants to work with you, but you've got to give him something to work with. You've got to obey his word and act on his word and start speaking things in order to get that done. All right, go to Luke chapter 8. Kept these real close together for you. You're welcome. All right, this is a good one here. We all know this story. Luke chapter 8, look at verse 41. God will just go up to the part I want to do. Verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him, Master, the multitude throngs thee and presses thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone where? out of me. So here he is, he's walking across a big crowd of people, he's walking down all at once this, this lady had heard of him. Yes. How many of you have heard any word? Well, how many know the word is him is the same? Yes. So every you hear in the word of God, praise God, you can act on. She found out that people were touching Jesus and getting healed. She'd been this way 12 years. She spent every dollar she had. Do you think there's any money being spent on? No, we're not even going to go there, praise God. We'll just back up on that. See, she spent all the money she had on this doctor, that doctor. It wasn't even working, and she kept spending her money on it. But finally she got to him, and she touched him. And when she did, basically virtue or the power of God came out of the inside of him, went into her, and healed her after 12 years, praise God. And notice what he said. He says in verse 48, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. What made her whole? Her faith. Well, didn't his virtue make her whole? Yes, it did, but he had virtue, and everybody was bumping into him, and everybody else was getting nothing, even though he had the virtue on the inside of him. But somebody came along that realized he had virtue in him. Somebody heard the Word of God that if he touches the Word of God, I'll tell you, the Word of God will touch you right where you're at. Jesus doesn't have to appear to you. The Word of God says, by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm going to touch that with my thought life, and I'm going to be healed. The Bible says, prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Praise, I'm going to touch that Word of God, which is Jesus. And when I get that Word of God, the anointing hits that. It'll rise up on the inside of you. Always you'll find things how to do with money, how to, how to behave, how to forgive somebody, how to do all these things, because that's what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life. And he'd like to do that first. How many of you know first? It's hard to be a good witness if you're a wreck and going around to help wrecks. But what's important here too, not only do you have it in it, but what you have in you will flow out of you. What you have in you will you flow out of you. Sometimes you feel it flow out. Sometimes you don't feel it flow out. It doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what the Word of God says, and you have this ability to do it. So how many know this lady was probably pretty happy about the whole thing? Come on. And all the other people had to go home thinking, well, why didn't he heal me? He, he, here we go. He heals some, don't heal others. That's the way God is. It's just the way he is. He may love you, but he don't love me. And everybody gets these wild things, basically, because it worked for someone. Well, God's always right, so let's go back and find out where we were wrong. See? 
If we got here this morning and turned on the lights and they didn't go on, let's just say, well, it's just God's will not to turn on the lights today. Maybe they'll come on next week. No, we get somebody like AJ who knows electric and say, get in there and fix that light. Would you, praise God, get deer off your mind for a little bit and get in there and fix those lights, praise God. Hallelujah. And he would go in and fix the lights, then they would work. So anything you see in here that's not working in your life, the problem is not with God whether he wants to or not. The problem is with you because you haven't made the connection yet and made the change to hook up to what God has already given you. So we can't blame God, can we? We'd like to, though, wouldn't we? But we can't blame God, can we? No, we can't, praise God. So this lady, praise God, she got delivered. She got set free. What did she do? She touched the hem of his garment. All right, go to Matthew chapter 14. All right, Matthew chapter 14, look at verse 34. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched the hem of his garment, they were made what? Whole. So once again, what do they believe? They believe he had an anointing and it was getting off into his clothes and it was there. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? How I many you know his clothes became white? Then any, any detergent couldn't get him. Why? Because what was in him was flowing out of him and it was even getting into the natural realm, into the clothes that he was wearing, praise God. So the anointing can get in natural things even. The Bible says that Paul sent out aprons. And he sent them out, and people were putting them on, and demons were coming out, and people were getting healed. Paul didn't go. He just gave somebody an apron and kept on going. Why is that? Because when he was working, his sweat got into his towels, got into his apron. He gave them to people. The anointing was still in that sweat, and it set people free. The river in you can come out of you and get in your clothes. It can get into things around you. It can get in. Some people pray over a prayer cloth, and that's all right, but I think it's better if it's something that you've been wearing. See, it's something that you've had on. It's something you sweat in, you know, and Jesus didn't start the spitting ministry and he didn't start the sweating ministry. He just sweat into his clothes and everybody that he gave an apron to, everybody did. Why is that? Because the anointing got off in his apron, in his clothes as he worked, and the anointing of God was touching people and healing people, praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So notice, as many as touched him were perfectly, say perfectly, perfectly made whole. Why? Because the river of God came out of the inside of him. Now people say, well, that's good, Pastor Tom, and that was Jesus, and praise God, that's really wonderful. We love Jesus, and he's wonderful, and he did mighty things, but what about us? All right, well, good. Go to Mark chapter 16. One psalm, I can't think of what it is now, but it says something about if the earth shakes and the mountains fall into the sea and all this happens, you can be glad why. And then the next verse says, because you have a river. You'd keep your peace all the time if you just knew you had a river. You'd keep your joy all the time if you just knew that you had a river. You'd walk in victory all the time if you just knew you had a river. You'd walk with confidence and boldness if you knew that you had a because your river is bigger than anything else that's out there, praise God. All right, Mark chapter 16, everybody knows this. Let's start in verse 15. 
And Jesus said unto them, 1615, Go you into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, and he's not talking to Jesus anymore. He's not talking about Jesus. He's not talking specifically about your pastor. He's not talking about Smith Wigglesworth. He's talking about believers. Yes. Are you a believer? Yes. Then these are for years. You can pray in tongues if you're a believer. You can cast out devils if you're a believer. You can heal the sick if you're a believer. You can be tricked and drink something poison, and it will not hurt you if you are a believer. So this isn't talking about Jesus. This is talking about the church. Now, they did something different than we did. Notice what it is. Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven on the right hand of God, and they went forth. What did they do different? And they went forth. Well, what did they do different after they heard this? Well, they went forth. What happened to them? They went forth. The church sits and waits. Revival's coming. You're 2040. It's going to be here. 2030. You know, I was in that for a long time. They kept putting it off for 10 years. I ain't got that many 10 years left. Praise God. It's going to have to come quicker than that for me to be happy with it. Glory to God. So, come on. So, there's a time I had to understand that I already had revival. I was a walking revival. Every place I go, I'm carrying the kingdom of God. Every place I go, I'm revival. Every place I go, I've got a loaded gun. Praise God. And I can pull the trigger at any time the Holy Ghost leads me to or somebody that needs something. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, when you, when you start talking like this, even for people who don't really know God that well, they'll get hungry for the things of God because built on the inside of every person, there is a hunger for the power and the ability of God that's been birthed into us when we were created. Are you following me? It's already in there, praise God. And when you start talking and lining up with it, even though their heads say, no, 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 their spirit's saying, whoo, that's it, whoo, that's it, whoo, that's it. And your mind saying, that ain't it, that's it, praise God. You can heal the sick. You can heal the sick. Yes, I can. It's right in there. No, you can't heal the sick. Yes, I so what do we got? We got a boxing match, don't we? Everybody in the world is looking at you and you look like, oh, yes. say, are you possessed? No, I'm in a fight. <laughs> fight, fight between my mind and between my spirit, between my soul, between my feelings, between those things, and basically the spirit of God who's on the inside of me. So this has to get bigger, don't it? That's why you just can't give up on the Bible and show up to church whenever you want to and who cares about the Word and I'm going to pray in tongues for three seconds today. This has got to be bigger on the inside of you than what's going on on the outside of you. And there's times you sit under the anointing of God and the Word of God and you are pumped up. How many of you know you get pumped up sometimes? I mean, you leave here and you're hoping you run into a devil at the grocery store. You're hoping, you're hoping your waitress is possessed when you get there, praise God. My God, you're ready. You're ready to do something, glory to God. You're just ready. But then Monday comes and Tuesday comes and somebody got mad at you and somebody called you a bad name and then by Wednesday you couldn't care less if that person was demon possessed or not God would say that person over there is going to kill themselves because there's a devil in him you say good that's one way to get rid of the devil see there's a, there's a fire on the inside of you that, that either keeps you spiritually thinking or keeps you naturally thinking and if you're in the natural realm you don't care much about the things of the spirit when you're in the spirit realm you don't care much about the things of the natural so if you find yourself gravitating towards the worries, the cares, oh, this world, oh, what's going on? You're in the wrong realm. Get back over here where you go in Happyville, in Joyville, in Peaceville, in Kingdomville, in Godville, in Holy Ghostville, in Victoryville, and, because that's where you want to live, praise God. That's what keeps your peace and joy going. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and in the... All right, go to Acts chapter 5.
All right, Acts chapter 5, look at verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And by the hands of the apostles, how did they do signs, wonders? By the hands of the apostles. By the hands of the apostles there were signs, there were wonders, and there were miracles. Go up to Acts chapter 19. I'll tell you, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible was the time that they were, they were in a battle, and basically there was Elijah died, and they buried him in the ground, and then they had a battle there, and during the battle, one of the guys got killed, and they were being overran, so they didn't have time to bury him, so they just threw him in Elijah's grave, remember that? And he hit Elijah's bones, say bones. How many know something on the inside of it? It must have got off in his bones, and it must have been resurrection power, because it raised that soldier. I mean, I wouldn't have retreated. I'd have just stood there, and everybody got killed. I'd have just thrown him in the hole, pulled him back out, and put him back on the front line. You dead? You know, never ran out of people, praise God. You bounce them in, get them out, send them up the front line, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Acts chapter 19. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and the diseases departed from him, and the evil spirits went out of them. Well, how did that anything get in them? It came from him wearing those things and the river on the inside of him and the Spirit of God in him is what made the difference, praise God. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus had just gone to the garden. He'd got there. They were, they were coming to take him away. Remember that? And all the soldiers came and all at once, who, who are you after? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. And guess what happened? Every soldier in that army got knocked on their boot day. See, well, I don't know how you, you can fall down the spirit and justify them. Well, ask the army who got simply, I am, that released the anointing of God that knocked down the whole army. And that shows you, you know, in the Psalms someplace it says that the, the anointing we've got and the power we've got is bigger than an army, bigger than a natural army. See, because Jesus, one man, just, I am, all of them went down. I tell you, I'd have got up and ran the other way. I couldn't believe they stayed. How about if somebody looks at you and says, I am, and your whole army gets knocked down, you drop your spears and everything, I'd have got up and got the heck out of there, I'll tell you right now. But what was that? That was the power of God. That was the anointing of God. And it was all after a stressful time in the garden. Remember, he was fighting in the garden. What was he fighting? He was fighting whether to go to the cross or not. People said, oh, no. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to crucify you tomorrow. See how you do in the next 24 hours with your thought life. See? He knew what was coming, and he knew what was going to happen, and he knew he was going to be separated basically from himself, from his father, beyond that, all that stuff. So, I mean, he was sweating blood. He was that way. But he still came out on the other side strong enough to knock down an army with the power of God that were on the inside of him. That shows you he must not have been too worried. He must not have been too fearful. No, he was still flowing in the anointing and the power of God. Praise God. All right, let's go do one more. Hebrews chapter 6. Some of you on Saturday are going to get an opportunity to do some of this. You know that if you come here? He's going to take you out to people, and you're going to get them born again. Then you're going to get them healed right away and delivered right away before they have a chance to be mistaught. All right, Hebrews chapter 6. We'll look at verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ... Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands. Notice, this laying on of hands stuff, not only to commission people to go, but to set people free, is a doctrine of the church. It's not questionable. It's one of the doctrines. How many believe in baptism? Yes. 
You believe that's one of the doctrines of the church? Sure it is. It's in here. All these things they put in there's a doctrine. One of the doctrines in there is the laying on of hands. And we've got about 20% of the churches that lay hands on anybody, for goodness sakes. But it's one of the doctrines of the church. We're too busy arguing over, do we baptize in the name of Jesus, the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost? God is more interested in you living a baptized life than how you're water baptized. Well, am I dunk or am I dribbled on or am I supposed to put on it? Who cares? Just live a baptized life, praise God. No matter if you just throw a spoonful in your face, that's what he's interested in. And we sit all day arguing about the rapture. Is it pre-trib? Is it post-trib? Is it mid-trib? Is it, don't worry, you'll know when it happens. <laughs> Be no question the day it takes place. Right. I thought it was mid-trib. <laughs> I was wrong. See, we argue over this stuff that don't make a dang bit of difference anyway, does it? How's it going to help you even if you know when it's coming, praise God, because you don't know when it's coming anyway. So we might as well concentrate on the things that we have. We have the anointing. We have the river. We have the power. We have the Spirit of God, and that power can be released simply by saying, be healed, get up, be free, do these things, praise God. It's walking in the anointing of God, but the only way you'll grow in it once again is to basically use it. Say, use it. Use it. All right, let's, uh, boy, 10 after 12, let's... Uh, Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's hallelujah. No, let's hallelujah. Let's go to Second Timothy. I'll do one more. This will be leading. This will be leading me into laying hands on everybody and touching them if they want touched. How's that? Yes. Is that okay? Hallelujah. I just feel good this morning. Praise God. I always feel good, but I feel better this morning than I usually do. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of and of and of a sound mind. This is one too. If you look at it, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that have you can take them as a double meaning. You know what I mean? They can mean different things. Look what it says. You need to stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. That means by the putting on of my hands to you today, I can stir up the gift that's in you. But notice what it also says. Stir up the gift that is in you, which is in thee by the putting on of hands. I can put a new gift in you by the putting on of hands. Are you following me? Some of these are two different things. So if you look at them that way, I, I, I sit for years, I sat and decided how to interpret that. So I decided, why not go with both? I mean, God's more than abundantly enough, so why should I just go with stirring up the gift when I can go giving the gift and stirring it up at the same time, praise God. So, hallelujah. Glory to God. Notice the spirit of God in you is not a spirit of fear, but he is of a, and of, and of a sound mind. All right, praise God. I just want to let the Holy Ghost flow this morning. Glory to God. If you want to come up and get touched from God, you can do it. If not, that's no problem either. Praise God what everybody wants to do. Glory to God. shall be added unto you.